Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of West Coast Knicks Fan. I'm your host, Matt Ritter, and the season is upon us. The 2015-16 season starts tonight against Milwaukee. I thought a great thing for us to do for this episode would be to go through the top 10 pressing questions for this team this year. We've got many questions. I mean, this team stunk last year. We made a lot of changes. We probably will still stink. I don't know if a lot of you out there are, you know, doing that optimistic Nick fan thing where we go through the roster and we count all the potential wins. I've done it. Uh, I'll talk about that in a minute, but it doesn't add up to a whole lot in my mind. Uh, I am optimistic, though. I mean, we know it's going to be a better season than last year because last year was pretty much unwatchable. I mean, to be honest with you, it was the first time in a long time, maybe back to Clarence Weatherspoon, where I just said, you know what, I can't even watch these games anymore and kind of mailed it in as a fan for the last couple of weeks of the season because, hey, let's face it, the team was mailing it in, so why should we be sticking around? It's a new year. We've got a lot of things to be excited about, so I thought we'd start with the 10 questions for this upcoming season. Number one, it all starts and ends with Carmelo Anthony. The question is, is Melo still in his prime, and how much... Can he carry this team? Now, from everything you hear, the guy is totally healthy coming off his knee surgery. Uh, the guy's in his early 30s now. He's always been a little heavier. Uh, he shed a little weight, which I like. I think he's going to come in a little more svelte. Uh, for those of us who've seen him in the you know preseason, he kind of looks a little bit leaner uh, just walking around. And I think he's got a big chip on his shoulder. I never underestimate chips on their shoulder. I think when players are playing with a chip on her shoulder like that, uh, it affects them. It makes them hungry. Uh, and I think especially for a guy like Mello, whether you love him or hate him, the guy has taken his fair share of, of heat from the media throughout his entire career. You know, is he a winner? Uh, can he really carry a team? Is he really a true alpha dog? Can you win with him? The fact remains, his entire career with Denver, he made the playoffs, and he took the Knicks to a pretty solid playoff run a couple of years back. You know, let's not forget that was only two years ago. Uh, you know, we had two horrible seasons after that, but it wasn't so long ago where a team led by Mello was considered, you know, an outside shot to win the championship. Uh, obviously, that roster had uh, a lot of good complementary pieces around him. But what I like to see again is, you know, for the first time since then, we have again uh, some good complementary pieces. We have an actual roster. Uh Whoever was on the team last year, I don't even, you know, I don't even consider that an NBA roster if Shane Larkin is starting games for you. So that being said, I think Melo's going to have a very strong bounce back year. You look around the league, there just aren't that many guys. This is the one thing I think that always gets lost. There just aren't that many guys that will drop 25 every single game. You can pencil them in for that 25 points. It's a lot of points. Uh, but Melo's a guy you can pencil him in almost every single night for 25 points and you know he doesn't have to throw up I know people say oh he's a volume shooter and he takes bad shots but when you really look at him uh, if you're a real Knicks fan and you watch the flow of the game he does take a couple of forced shots a game but I, I really think a lot of his shots at least when the Knicks were playing well a couple of years ago were very much in the flow of the offense even two years ago when they won 37 games you know he played 
really high-level basketball, and he was making a lot of good passes. His, I think his passing game has improved. He's always going to have a little bit of that selfish, you know, hero ball instinct in him. And if you look at that Knicks roster, that might not be a problem because there really aren't a ton of other options still for him to throw the ball to. But at least there'll be some other players around him. I look for Melo to average at least 25 points a game. And I look for him to rebound well again. Uh, I think, you know, we could see him spending uh, a lot of time at the four again, which I would like, depending on uh, matchups. You know, let him go against uh, a little bit slower power forwards. Uh, Maybe let him bang a little down there. He seemed to really take well to it. I know he doesn't necessarily love it all the time, but I think he's going to have a really strong year. And, you know, people always kind of talk about what, uh, where does Melo rank in the NBA? Once upon a time, he was top five. Uh, probably as recently as two years ago, he was top 10. It's tough. It's tough to put him in the top 10 now. You know, when you look at teams that have uh, multiple top 10 players on their roster, you, you know, you look at the Thunder, you've got Durant and Westbrook. Are you going to say Melo's better than them? No. Are you going to say Melo's better than LeBron, Steph Curry? No, obviously not. Anthony Davis? No. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of good players out there. There's the Blake Griffins of the world. There's the Marcus Aldrich's of the world. Uh, there's the Chris Pauls. I mean, look, I think Melo is in that second cut of guys. Uh, I do like his chances when he's got a solid team around him of winning games. I'm not saying go to the championship. I'm just saying, hey, we're going to win some games and we're going to be competitive because Melo plays hard. There's a l- another thing people forget is Melo led the league in minutes per game two years ago, which is ludicrous for a 30 30- something-year-old chubby uh, small forward to do. So anybody who says he doesn't play hard, I mean, that's kind of BS. The guy plays 40 minutes a night, and uh, he's running up and down that court. Yes, he takes a couple plays off on defense, but the guy has to work hard on offense, especially when it's a team of scrubs around him. I'm a mellow apologist, so I apologize for those of you out there who uh, fall into the anti-mellow camp. But look, we got to live with the guy. He's he's our, you know, we're going to ride or die with mellow this year. I don't know what will happen next year and the year after that, but Look, we could have some money to put together. Let's say we win 45 games this year. Uh, you know, maybe we, we can put one or two other guys around him that might be the difference. But let's, you know, not jump ahead and see how this year goes. I, I predict that Melo is going to have a huge year. And he's going to have a couple of those memorable games, you know, maybe a couple 50-point games where you go, man, this is why we have this guy. This is why it's good to be a Knicks fan right now. I get to go to the Garden and watch a guy drop 50 points in a game like Bernard King. So... To answer that question, I think Melo's in his prime. He's going to have a really big year. And I think he's got another, you know, at least this year, next year, where he's a top-flight player uh, before we're going to see some wear and tear. And I hope they, you know, sit him out on back-to-backs, keep him fresh. Second question, is this a playoff team? Well, you know, you look at the East, it stinks again. Uh, There's top-heavy, you've got your Cleveland and Chicago's of the world. Um, you've got Miami probably bouncing back uh, and doing some things. You know, if you look at their uh, their roster with a healthy Bosch, they're obviously uh, going to be a playoff team, you'd think. Uh, Indiana has got Paul George back. Um, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, four or five teams. Toronto is probably, I think, poised to take a little dip. Uh, the Wizards, too. Uh, you know, they're kind of in that middle of the pack. The Hawks are obviously going to probably drop back a little bit towards the pack, losing Damari Carroll. Um, you look for the Pistons to step up. I mean, they look pretty good. 
last night destroying Atlanta on Atlanta's home court. Milwaukee, I don't know. I mean, they're okay. I don't see them. I think they're a little overrated, but we'll see tonight. Obviously, we open with Milwaukee. The Nets are going to be garbage. The Celtics are going to be garbage. The Sixers are going to be garbage, I think. Uh, the Hornets are always kind of garbagey, but sort of fighting for the playoffs. The Magic should be, I don't know, maybe they'll take a little step up. Some people are talking about them. They've got some good young pieces. I don't see them having the veteran chemistry needed to make a playoff run. Uh, I think they'll fall short. I could see the Knicks slipping in at 7 or 8. I mean, you look at Chicago, uh, Cleveland, obviously, 1-2, the Heat, uh, Toronto, the Wizards, that's 5. Pacers, maybe 6. Atlanta, 7, somewhere around there, I think. Uh, I think the 8 seed is definitely open. And um, I could see the Knicks making the playoffs. Uh, but just as easily, you could see them missing it. I mean, I think, you know, we're looking at they're going to be competing with four or five other teams down the stretch for that last two playoff slots, which, hey, coming from last year's painful season, I'll take it. I'm not going to be upset if the Knicks have 35 wins with, uh, you know, the last three weeks or a month of the season to go. I think everybody would have to say that's a successful uh, rebound season for the disgrace that was last year. Now, third question, and this is where it gets exciting. What are we going to get from Kristaps Porzingis? I went to Summer League, so uh, for those of you who heard me talking about him, I was raving about him. He's got all the tools. You watch him up close, and you're really just looking for a glimpse when you're at Summer League. You just want a peek, just a peek at somebody's upside. And he was one of the few guys who showed it to you. He's a shooter. He can definitely shoot. But that wasn't even the number one thing. I mean, I didn't really think he shot lights out at all in Summer League. The one thing I did see in Summer League, and you guys may have seen some in the, in the preseason, is uh, he's fluid. He's not Sean Bradley. He's not George A. Mirasan. He is, uh, you know, he probably does have some sort of body dysmorphia, gigantism, because you can't be 7'3 and, uh, and not have some sort of glandular issue. But... The guy moves well. Uh, he moves well without the ball. He moves well with the ball. He can pass. Uh, he can rebound a little bit. He obviously has to put on weight. It's going to take time. You know, you look at these string beans like uh, Kevin Garnett and uh, Anthony Davis. They've, you know, in their early careers put on weight slowly but surely. I think it's going to take him two, three years to get to his ideal weight where he can be a fixture in the post where he doesn't get shoved out by these guys you know, pushing him against his skinny ass. But this year, what can we expect from uh, probably about 12 points a game, I think. I think that's realistic. I mean, he's going to get shots. You know, Melo uh, is a scorer. You know, we've got a follow now. We've got Jerry and Grant who can drive. Um, we've got some pieces now, a little bit, uh, to get this guy some shots, to get him in good position. But he also can create his shot on his own from the post. Uh, which is nice. I mean, the guy can literally just turn around and shoot over pretty much anybody in the NBA. Uh, it's exciting. I got to tell you, this guy is going to be a rock-solid NBA player. In two years, this guy's going to be averaging 18 to 20 points a game easily. So this year, i say 12 points a game. Probably finish first team all-rookie, maybe second team. I mean, there's going to be some guys, you know, like uh, D'Angelo Russell's going to be running point for the Lakers, so he's probably going to rack up some numbers. Carl Anthony Towns is going to rack up some numbers. I think Okafor is the most polished. So he'll probably step in and average 18 and 10. I watched him and, and uh, he looked really good. Stanley Johnson on the Pistons. There's a lot of good rookies out there, but Porzingis 
he's going to fit in really well with the Knicks. I think him and Melo are going to fit in really well. I think I could see, uh, you know, kind of a lot of hockey assists from Melo kicking it out, and then it gets swung to the other side for Porzingis for three. And uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. Question number four, is Jerry and Grant a stud? That's a leading question. Uh, the answer is yes. The guy's a beast. Uh, he's he's tall. He's athletic. Uh, he can throw it down, as you've probably seen from his highlight reel. Uh, I have not been a Calderon fan. I, I liked him before the Knicks signed him, and then I watched him fumble around with the ball last year, and I, I know that they said it was injuries, but he just didn't look like anything what uh like it looked like a bait and switch you know you obviously uh he was given away because i just don't think he's that good he's just not that good of a player look he's 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 a a professional point guard let's just say uh but i i would like to see um galloway step up and jerry and grant get a lot of minutes in that backcourt at both uh point and shooting maybe however we can get grant minutes i think we're gonna see that happen throughout the year, maybe not right from the go, but Derek Fisher is going to soon realize his best lineup on the court is going to include Jerry and Grant, and the guy can shoot. Uh, he is also going to make a run at uh, first or second team All-NBA, I think. I actually think Porzingis and Grant are going to be the highlights of this year. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time we had uh, you know, two exciting young players at the same time. I don't know, maybe... Patrick Ewing and Mark Jackson. It's been a while, you know? It's been a long time since we had, uh, you know, a lot of really exciting youth on this team. Uh, so it's it's going to be good. Those guys are, 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 the, um, are the real positives for this year. Question number five, is Derek Fisher a good coach? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think he doesn't know what he's doing out there. Um, I hope he learns. Uh, I'm not really in the business of wanting to train coaches, um, you know, I just don't think uh, it's what we need right now. But look, we have a young team, so I guess it's fine for them to grow together. I think Derek Fisher has to take a big step up uh, this year and take some accountability. And uh, we got to win some games. You know, look, if we don't win 35 games with this roster, then uh, we got to put Derek Fisher's head on a spike and, you know, put it up in Heron Hall uh, somewhere. Because, uh, I, I just think he just looked like a complete rank amateur last year, you know, uh, even before they started tanking deliberately. I don't know what's going on with him as a person. He's got some weird drama. Uh, I don't think you should be sleeping with teammates' wives, ex-wives even. I mean, I think he, he crossed the line with Christie's uh, ex-wife. I mean, I, I read the report that Doug Christie drove 100 miles like an insane maniac to confront him at his ex-wife's house. Uh and then I uh, actually read Doug Christie's version of it, and it actually made a lot of sense. He was like, yeah, my 13-year-old kid called me in the house and said he didn't feel comfortable with another strange man in the house, so I came over there. Uh, I think if I was in Doug Christie's situation, I would do the same thing. Uh, so, I don't know, that kind of makes me... I used to think Doug, Derek Fisher was like this class act. You know, he left his... Uh, he, he got traded so he could be near his son, uh, and then it turned out that was kind of a scam, and now you hear that he's, uh, you know, going after a basketball wife of Doug Christie, his ex-wife. I don't know, just something about that. It's just like, yikes, who is this guy? Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I just thought that was a really hilarious story uh, that they're fighting over a basketball wife. Uh, I hope to see some improvement from him. I'm not impressed. Uh, so question number six, 
where are we going to have problems? Um, answer, everywhere. I don't know. Defensively, Robin Lopez is going to be our anchor, which will be nice, but that doesn't mean that uh, we're not going to be a turnstile with Calderon and Mello, and even a Flalo, which weirdly a lot of these uh, sabermetrics junkies say he's on the big decline defensively. I mean, I know he was actually considered a stopper early in his career, but again, he's in his early 30s now. Uh, it's not super ideal to have a bunch of uh, 30-year-old people roaming the perimeter and in the hopes that Robin Lopez will uh, cover up for a lot of your deficiencies. Robin Lopez is not Dwight Howard uh, back there on the back line. I mean, he's a solid professional. I think a lot of us Knicks fans have really talked ourselves into Robin Lopez in the past couple months. You know, went from like, gosh, damn it. Like, why didn't we get, you know, uh, DeAndre Jordan? Uh, you know, why didn't we get LaMarcus? You know, and, and then we're like, oh, we got Robin Lopez. Oh, what a scrub. And then a month later, we started looking at Robin Lopez. And we're like, you know what? Robin Lopez is not so bad. And now as the season dawns upon us, uh, we're all in that, oh, Robin Lopez is going to, he'll be fine. Don't worry. If a guy slips by Melo, Robin Lopez got it. He's got our back. Uh, I think we're drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit on Robin Lopez. He's a functional, functional center with limited offensive capabilities. He's like the homeless man's Tyson Chandler. Uh, I like him. He's quirky and he's, he's funny. Uh, he might uh, do well, you know, defending his man in the post, but I wouldn't count on him to be the savior for this defense. I think we're going to struggle. I think we're going to struggle creating offense uh, when Melo's not on the court. There's really nobody else who draws a double team uh, unless Porzingis rapidly becomes uh, a stud much quicker than we think. So I think it's going to be a struggle to bench. You know, We've got a couple of guys uh, on the bench that can maybe score now. We've got Serafin and O'Quinn. Uh, I like both those guys. I think they're good additions. As I said, I like Jerry and Grant. Um, I think it's every game is going to be uh, a battle this year for the Knicks. They're in the middle of the pack, which I like. It's going to take a lot of heart to win a lot of games. And it's going to take some heroics from the Mellows and Jerry and Grants of the world. I, I could see uh, Porzingis winning a couple games uh, at the buzzer, a la Jeremy Lin a couple years ago. But we're going to have a lot of holes. It's going to be a rough year again. This is not... Uh, a huge uh, up, you know, this is this is the year before the year, I think. This is the year that we get ourselves right. We get the ship right. Uh, we struggle to, you know, a fringe playoff team, and then we add a couple pieces next year and we make a legitimate run. So we're going to struggle. Uh, question number seven. Who's going to be the biggest surprise? Um, I'm going to say uh, Kevin Serafin, actually. I think People aren't as high on him as they should. I remember the last two years, every time the Knicks played him out, granted the Knicks stunk, he's got a lot of good moves. I like his offensive game. Uh, I think the guy um, has really good touch, and um, he's going to be the biggest surprise. I mean, look, everybody else I think is a kind of a known quantity except for him and Kyle O'Quinn. Um, I think Aflalo is going to do what Aflalo does, hopefully – hit solid threes. I think Jerry and Grant's going to be an athlete, but he's a rookie. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. Porzingis, same thing. He's going to show us flashes, but he's not physically there yet. I think Kevin Serafin has all the pieces to, you know, average like 10 points a game in 20 minutes off the bench. So he's my uh, biggest surprise. I'm calling it now. On the flip side, question number eight, biggest disappointment. Um, 
Huh, you know, this is a tough one because I, I hate Calderon. I think he's a flop. Um, huh, I think I'm going to go with a flalo. I'm a little worried that he's not quite the shooter that he's uh, cracked up to be at the three-point line because I think for us to succeed, we're going to need Melo, you know, uh, driving, uh, Jerry and Grant driving, even Langston driving, and kicking two open three-point shooters because that's what the NBA is now. And I just don't know, according to the numbers, Aflalo seems to be on the decline. So I'm going to say it's going to be disappointing that he's probably going to shoot low 30s when really to compete at this level and win games with your wing players hitting those threes, you need them, you need them shooting around 40. I mean, God, Curry and Clay Thompson shoot 45%. Even Draymond Green shoots like 40%. Even Harrison Barnes shoots like 38% from three, you know? I mean, Melo's our best three-point shooter right now. I mean, he legitimately stepped it up to around 40 the last couple of years. But uh, I just don't know if Lalo is that, you know, marksman that we need. And I'm not sure we have one on the roster. So that's the biggest disappointment I think is going to be a Flalo slash all of the three-point shooting. Question number nine. How many games will the Knicks win? Uh, I will make a bold prediction on the upside and say they win 44 games. I hate, uh, I would hate to be the guy that jinxes them. Uh, by aiming too high, so I would say that that's on the highest end of the amount of games they can win, and I saw that uh, a lot of those win predictors had them in the high 20s, low 30s. Screw those guys. Uh, let's aim high. I think 44 wins is doable. Just You're going to have to win all the games against the Charlottes of the world that we lost. You know, we always lose to, like, the Charlottes of the world. We always lose, you know, we split games with Orlando. Like, you're going to have to, you know, win three out of four against those teams. You're going to have to sweep the Nets. You're going to have to sweep the Sixers. Every game matters uh, when you're trying to get to 44 wins to make the playoffs. It might only take 40, but I'm calling it 44 wins for the Knicks this year. Final question is, will 2016, uh, you know, is this leading up to uh, a run towards a championship next year? I'm predicting for next year. I'm saying yes. This year is going to set us up for a big free agency next year. We know when everybody has $30 million to play with. Every team is going to have money to play with. So it's not going to be a matter of really fitting middle-of-the-road players into the cap. It's going to be a matter of players, for the first time maybe ever in NBA history, having the option of pretty much playing wherever they want. A lot of these middle-of-the-road players who had to sign for mid-level exceptions, uh, they're going to have their pick of the litter. And they're going to look around at the NBA and they're going to go, okay, where's a team where I can get minutes, where I can make a difference, but where we can also compete for a championship? And I, I think there's probably going to be like 10 places next year where, uh, you know, there's going to be a player like, you know, for example, let's just say a, a, a Reggie Jackson this year or a James Harden a couple of years ago when he was traded. You know, a guy who can make a leap, right? There's not a lot of room for, you know, part of the reason Reggie Jackson left is because there was no room for him. You know, there was a position logjam. And I think a lot of situations are going to come up like that next season where you're going to see these guys who have big egos who really want to make a name for themselves. And, you know, if you make a name for yourself in New York, there's nothing better. There's nothing better when the garden crowd is behind you. And, you know, that's for life. Uh, You know, we still talk about, you know, John Starks, like, you know, well, except for his bomb in, you know, 94, the two for 19. But, you know, I mean, these guys, you become a legend forever. You know, Mason, uh, you know, was a legend in New York forever. Charles Oakley is still a New York legend. 
Uh, you can make a name for yourself here in the same way uh, you could probably do it in L.A., uh, maybe a couple of other cities, but I, I still think New York is a draw when we're winning. It's not a draw when you're a 17-win team, as we saw this past offseason. I think it had more to do with that than not wanting to play with Melo. I think there are plenty of players in the NBA. I mean, obviously, on the Olympic team, they seem to get along really well with the guy. Um, he's obviously played with some top-flight players in Denver. Uh, Flalo seems to be excited to play with him, so that kind of goes contrary to what people are saying. Uh, I think we're going to be set up. I think if we do everything right this year, we win 40 games. I say 44, but if we win 40, there are going to be a lot of good free agents who are taking another look at the Knicks in a whole new light, you know, uh, and saying, hey, uh, this could be a destination for me if I want to be a star in this league and I want to have, you know, endorsement deals and I want to have, you know, uh, just a name brand. And I'm really excited about that prospect. And uh, for tonight, um, I'm going to predict that the Knicks win I think Milwaukee's without some key players. Adekempo, you know, the other Adekempo, we'll call him. And uh, they're without Jabari. Uh, But, you know, I look at some of the free agents next year that are, you know, kind of available. Uh, You know, there's some some talent that could be available out there, you know, like a a Brandon Jennings, for example. Uh, He's out there for the taking, potentially. Um, There's some guys, you know, there's some guys out there that, that could really step up. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, obviously the Lakers will probably try to try to keep that guy. Uh, I like Anthony Morrow uh, on the Thunder. Uh, you know, even um, Lance Stevenson, you know, we'll see what happens this year. He's probably going to command. I know people don't like his attitude. Maybe we don't want any more head case types. Uh, but there's, you know, there's some young players out there um, that I think, you know, like a, like a Terrence Ross on Toronto. There might be some guys who explore their explore their opportunities out there. Uh, next year and might look at the Knicks twice if we do make uh, make a move this year. You know, um, I think this year is a rebuilding year in a lot of ways, but it also is a year that you can't take lightly as the Knicks. This is the year that builds for the next five years. I mean, how we play this year could affect a lot of things. And I want to see them play hard and I want to see them play smart. Uh, I don't want to see sloppy basketball. I want to see. I want to go back to the way we played, you know, when Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler were there. You know, Calderon's supposed to be in that same cloth of, you know, making the right play, not making mistakes. Robin Lopez is supposed to be cutting the same cloth of Tyson Chandler, the the, the goalie on the back end of the defense. Uh, Aflalo is supposed to be that corner three guy. Porzingis should be a, a floor spacer, shooting threes, posting people up. We've got bench guys. Serafino, Quinn, I mean, Jerry and Grant, uh, we've got a team. We've got a team. And uh, that's something we couldn't say last year. We didn't have an NBA team. We now have an NBA team. Uh, and it's, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I don't know I don't know how this year is going to shape out for the Knicks, but I'm really excited. And uh, I'm going to try and do this every week. I'm going to try and uh, post uh, every, you know, every early in the week, maybe every Sunday or Monday. And I'm going to have some good guests on, um, fellow Knicks fans. We're going to try and get some some sportscasters. Um, and i uh, love to hear from you guys. Uh, i love to hear from you, West Coast Knicks on Twitter. And uh, I'm excited, man. It's, it's good to be a Knicks fan once again. Uh, and I'm really excited to see uh, Melo have a bounce back here. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you next week.